What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on today's show is absolutely incredible and has a jaw-dropping story about his journey investing in real estate thus far. Mike has experienced doing tons of different roles, as well as been in so many unique situations that have granted him unreal amounts of knowledge and wisdom and springboarded him to really crazy places. There is so much extremely valuable information and lessons in this episode, and you might have to listen to it a second time to really absorb everything. In this episode, we get into a bunch of different topics from running the property the right way and getting a full eight hours of sleep, doing your own due diligence in transactions, systematizing your processes to scale, and so much more. This was a great chat and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 32 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking to Mike Buckley, a super crazy real estate investor working full-time as an investor and an entrepreneur doing extremely big things. What's going on, Mike? How is everything going, man? What is new? Hey, nothing too much. Uh, nothing too much new going on. Just, uh, you know, working in real estate and, um, yeah, it's every day is, every day is always amazing. And, uh, in real estate, that is the dream, man. That is the absolute dream. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Seriously. I mean, it is, uh, really blessed to be able to, um, kind of work in the business and, uh, you know, not have to kind of do it as a side project. I kind of dove right into it pretty much have to deal with every aspect of, um, of this business. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's, that's awesome. I bet, you know, there, there kind of comes a little bit of, uh, stuff that comes with that. I guess you could say things that you have to deal with, you know, they, they come up and stuff all the time. I mean, (laughs) yeah, there's always something that comes up. I mean, you pretty much like when you're working in the rental business, um, it's the responsibility. You got all these tenants that, you know, you provide a solid living for these guys. Like it's not, um, you know, it's not something where you can take lightly. You know, when I do something, I want to do it properly, do it right. And, you know, I, I get my eight hours every night, you know, knowing that I'm doing my best to provide the best service of housing to all of the tenants that I have. Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> so to kind of jump right into things, Mike, uh, you know, what kind of initially got you into real estate? You know, what's kind of your, your backstory? So actually before, you know, before I even went to college and um, it was back in high school. So my father always wanted to try and, you know, flip a property. Mm-hmm. So back in high school, he ended up trying to do a flip project on the side. You know, he has his business um, doing food importing, but always wanted to try and do something in real estate. Yeah. So we ended up buying a, um, like a total fixer upper property over in, uh, in Lakeville way back. And um, I ended up doing a lot of the carpentry work because he partnered, he partnered up with a contractor and um, we ended up doing uh, pretty much everything. And, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved working with my hands. You know, it was so different too, because like all up until that point, I always thought I wanted to do like a desk job or do something. Yeah. Like that. 
as soon as I went in and started working with my hands on this and especially real estate and seeing how you can take a total like disaster of a property and just turn it around. And I was like, wow, I'm hooked. But <laughs> I, I did end up going on to go to college, get a finance degree uh, at BU. And then, you know, by the time I got through it and I'm still thinking, Hey, you know, maybe I'll try the finance route, you know, go get, go get a job working downtown somewhere. And, um, get towards the end. And I was like, I just, I just can't do it. I was yeah. like, <laughs> sit right with me. You know, I, it's kind of a weird story. I went to, um, I had to get some, a mirror fixed on my, on my car at the time. And, um, the guy at the auto body shop, he owned it and he loved everything about the auto body shop. It was like his baby, like small business was his thing. And I was yeah. like, that happened for a reason. I felt like it was like, you know what? I knew at that moment, I said, I want to try and do something on my own or try and, uh, you know, maybe even it was real estate for instance. Right. And I was like, I just saw the passion that this guy had. And I said, I was going to these, you know, they had these internship meets where like all these companies would come and they'd be standing around at these desks and tables and not a single person that was there had the passion that this guy had doing his own business and running his own thing. And at yeah. that moment, I was like, I got to find a way to get to this point. So then what happened was, you know, I told this story to, um, you know, my family and my father still, he he still had a, the real estate bug. He was like, you know, I don't know how to do this, but if you want to try and do this, you're an educated person. I'll trust you. So we ended up going and just diving straight into a commercial property in Randolph, Massachusetts. And it was quite an experience because I didn't know anything about property management <laughs> nothing i couldn't even fix it i mean i had I, I just knew i loved working with my hands but i didn't really know how to do anything yeah so i got right into it with you know i was actually still going to school at the time and it was towards the end of like my senior year and i was going to this building and going there you know collecting the rent or checking on checking on um, some of the tenants and things like that and i was like this is interesting. Like, how exactly does this work? And I had never learned anything about real estate. Hadn't read a real estate book, just knew that there was, there was something to do with wealth and you could get very wealthy doing this. Had zero clue how, <laughs> didn't know about depreciation, didn't know about a, appreciation or like loan pay downs. None of that. I mean, a little bit of it from real estate finance, but like yeah. didn't really grasp the full concept until I really just got into it and was like, this is it you either you swim or you sink. Mm -hmm. So I was a determined person. So I just kind of went into it uh, head first and, you know, tried to master it, tried to do everything, you know, started with YouTube. You know, if, I, if I had to fix something. So I wanted to just take everything apart and like, you know, fix it, make it right. If I saw something that was wrong, like, you know, how do I, how do I make this better? Like siding, you know, doing paint, how to, how to paint, uh, how to paint the exterior of a building. And, you know, slowly I realized that most of it has to do with your tenants and rent collections. And we found out very quickly that a lot of the building wasn't paying. So we had to go through 
evict a lot of the building. We had people that were like commercial tenants who were, uh, were living in the building. You can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious stuff. Like people, you know, and uh, it had quite a crew of people in there, and uh, it it was pretty eventful to uh, go in there and have to you know tell people you know hey look you can't be doing this here you know living in the you can't live in the building. Not, and I wanted to, you know, it was sad because I went into this wanting to please everybody. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it was always like, yeah, sure. Like, people were coming in and saying, oh, can I have, like, extra thermostats for my other offices or something? It was like, sure. Oh, maybe, let's, sure, why not? Like, <laughs> found out very quickly that, no, you have to like, actually run this. Like, make sure that you're not just spending all the money out. Like, when, you, when the rent money comes in, you can't just you got to be very particular about what you're spending it on. And, you know, it was a baptism by fire is what a lot of, uh, you know, people would call it. That's so crazy. You know, and especially to kind of see that from, you know, like a, a late high school and, and college level, you know, and just to kind of know that like working with your hands was the thing that, you know, you know, you wanted to do. And then to literally just like get thrown into a commercial property, you know, and like you said, you know, like a, it's you know it's gonna sink or swim yep you know and literally just jump right in you know both feet forward and wow it, it was like an, it was the uh the aircraft carrier kind of phenomenon the previous owner i can't see how he would have made any money on this property i mean he would he ended up living in the building himself at the time and um he was he was just going there and he, he had to to like to get it you know make it worth his while and yeah you know he was band-aiding a lot of the repairs and you know well we kind of built a philosophy where like we don't want to do any of these band-aid repairs we don't want to have to lose tenants because because of the maintenance in the building so we wanted to kind of do everything right we realized that it there was a lot of deferred maintenance. There was a lot of Mickey Mouse stuff, like, you know, pans in the ceilings of the floors below. So when the AC was leaking, it would just leak through a floor, yeah. an emergency pan in the ceiling below with like, with a trip switch going up to shut it off, you know, things like that. Yeah, lots yeah. of pans in the ceilings. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, no, we don't want to be those guys. So we, we kind of, that was what our core values were on. We're like, no, we'll, we'll spend the money up front to make sure we're not that guy. And, you know, there's a lot of people that that's how they run the stuff and, and they can run a successful business that way. But we said, Hey, that's not going to be us. We're going to kind of go through everything, do it right. You know, and put a lot of money up front with like some roof work. And, you know, we bought a building with a five-year-old roof that was a shingle over and it didn't have any proper underlayment or ice and water. So, we had that big giant uh, snow year of 2015. That was the first year I started. Yeah. And boy, was that quite the year. I learned about ice dams, uh, you know, lots of water coming in during that winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was um, definitely a great learning experience though. Wouldn't have wanted it any other way. <laughs> wow. I, I really want to kind of touch on, you know, the part that, like you decided, you know, kind of what like your core values were and stuff like that. And you were like, all right, you know, this is how this was run, but that's not how we're going to run this from this point forward. You know, that's, I feel like that's kind of not really talked about as much as it should, you know, just like making it run as like optimal 
as you can instead of you know just kind of you know whatever works for now and <laughs> i mean there is a strategy to that where people just take collect as much money as possible and yeah. then defer all the maintenance and just pass the buck to the next guy or have to sell to a cash buyer or something in five to ten years but you pretty much ran the property into the ground yeah we were like no we looked at this as we wanted to we wanted to build like almost like some sort of a empire. We said, we want these properties, you know, you buy them, you keep them and you just assume you're going to have this forever. So what would you do if this was going to be a, a cash generator for years? Just think like long-term, just keep thinking long-term. Yeah. And as you're like, yeah, you know what? Just if you got the money, put it up front or keep putting the money back into the property. You don't take it and crunch pennies, just, you know, do it right. So even in that way, we kept tenants. I mean, we got to say, I don't think we've lost any tenants because of maintenance issues or because of uh, like mis mismanagement. And it, it's definitely something that that was our core values. Like I said, you got, I get my eight hours of sleep every night. And if I didn't, then there would be a problem and I need to make an adjustment to make sure that I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Would you say kind of like from your perspective, you know, just kind of like biting these issues that come up in the butt now, you know, is a lot more effective than, you know, just kind of like putting a bandaid on it and like basically deferring those expenses. Like, you know, like, do you think that like eventually you're going to have to deal with the problem? You know, yeah. so like might as well kind of do it now. You do that or you'll end up with like a, a tenant that is, that knows what's going on is like, Hey, this is ridiculous. Like yeah. you didn't do it right from the first time. And it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And then it looks at some point, it's like, you got to take a look at yourself and say, this is on you, you know, like you gotta, you gotta do the responsible thing. And even if it does kind of suck a little bit in the beginning, it's, you got to do what you got to do to get through it and, um, and kind of keep the, keep the system going and keep your tenants happy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's worked for us. You know, you can always justify, um, you know, a higher rental value too, because you're, you're keeping up with the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Just to, you know, kind of stay like sustainable, like you said, over the long term. And I really like that philosophy too. Like, you know, imagining that if you bought this building, like if you're going to have it for the rest of your life, you know, like how would you like go about things rather than like, Oh, you know, I might have it for a little bit and then I'll get rid of it. And like, it's, I feel like it's a whole different mindset, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it, you gotta kind of just think about it. Like, uh, you know, you're going to want these for, for years. Like it's, this is like either a retirement plan or it's, uh, you know, the way that, my father looked at it was he said, you know, he wanted to be the guy that would be able to start it. And then it'd have to have someone like me that would be able to work in it to be able to just kind of operate it correctly, that it provides wealth for generations to come. That was, that was the idea behind it. Yeah. yeah, And I mean, that's why we set it up this way because we're thinking long haul, not just like get in, get out and, you know, mess around. Of course, once you, you know, after about 10 years or so, you know, or once everything kind of depreciates, you know, um, then you kind of, you make some moves, but it's, it's better in our opinion, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, you get something, put the money in, 
keep it for a very long time. Eventually, as you pay the mortgages down, you know, this starts to really, uh, that's when you start to really see that cash flow come in is later. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that vision. And speaking of vision, uh, what is your drive and your vision for the long term? Pretty much a lot, <laughs> a lot of that. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, I think ultimately, though, I'd like to see it more systematized. Obviously, I mean, I was kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off. You know, I dabbled in almost every aspect of this business from whether it was from <clears throat> doing the maintenance or, um, you know, either me working with the contractors or if I hired, um, well, actually I ended up becoming a contractor myself too. Like I got my CSL, but I mean, just working with every time, like a sub would show up, just go there, help them out with it, try and keep the cost down or like try to be a helper, you know, and like yeah. learn everything. But I think the overall vision is once I've kind of figured out how to do all of the aspects, whether it was like doing the books or, um, or yeah, like working with the contract or collecting the rents or watching the court process for evictions, kind of finding a way to delegate it, know what works, find the best way of doing it, start kind of open up a branch of everything from the lead generation to generating your own leads to buy properties, close on them, have all the management set up in place, whether it's third party or, um, or created a larger company at some point that has it in house or have a development team for, you know, new acquisitions or changing use and dealing with the town or the city. And, you know, maybe even at some point, uh, have like a money lending once it's, you know, if you could borrow against or uh, lend against like a, what's it, a, not your 401k, but you can lend against like a self-directed IRA, you know, have something like that in the way future. So it's kind of like, I think systematizing and, and building it all up and having the different departments or maybe even a brokerage, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed with that, man. I, I am absolutely in love with the idea of like systematizing and like standard operating procedures and like just kind of delegating out as much as you can, you know, to really just like scale everything up and, and build something like much bigger than yourself, you know, and it's a really crazy way of, of thinking about it. The sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, a lot of times people look at it in, in unit count and, um, you know, oh, I want like so many properties or generating this much. I mean, I kind of have always looked at a vision as being the systems you have in place because, yeah. you know, you can you'll know how many units or how much money it will take to get you to those points. But to kind of map it all out is where I'm at. I look at it like, how can I, what is this system or the ultimate, like the ultimate business to be able to keep this going and uh, be able to grow it. So yeah, eventually I have it all lined up and ready to like, okay, we need this amount of units, um, to be able to open up this department and then be able to run it on its own. And see, you know, that that's, that's where, that's where the vision and that's where the direction is kind of going right now. Yeah. That's a lot of fun too. You know, it's a, even like just have a whiteboard and be like, you know, trying to picture like, Oh, you know, in 10 years, like hopefully, you know, X happens and we have like these two departments and like, they're linking up with this one and like really just getting your mind to go crazy, you know, to see like what kind of things are possible and, like just like yeah you know how like efficient and everything you can you can build this 
Oh yeah, you know it. It just makes it um, operate a lot more smoothly. You know, when you're trying to you're trying to do everything. You know, obviously in the beginning, it's like yeah, you want to you want to try everything because it's like then you have an idea of how it's supposed to look. You know, like so then that way people can't. You know, they'll tell you, oh no, it's only supposed to. This is how it's supposed to work when it's really not. They're just trying to yeah. make it easier for themselves or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of already, you're like, all right, all right, no, 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 I've I've done this before. I, I know how this is supposed to work. <laughs> Hold up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, yeah, the, having the well-oiled machine is um, is the direction that people want to go in, and that's that. That would be advice that I would give to anyone: is haven't an, have an exit strategy so that you know how you're gonna remove yourself from the the weeds and kind of get yourself more into the larger picture of moving around different positions. And you know, there's even different business structures of you know ways that you can structure whether you want to in-house stuff or either third party it. And um, that will be those will be some conversations that uh yeah. That, have to have <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to touch on something you said uh, a couple minutes ago actually about um you know like at first kind of trying out like everything and i mean even if it's just kind of like any really any business you know along with real estate but like just to kind of you know get a taste on like you said like how things are supposed to look and actually like you know going through the process of of doing them yourself and you know just to even kind of see like like a cost perspective, you know, so like, if you know, all right, the first time, you know, that I needed to put a hardwood floor down or, you know, something, yeah. it costs like X this much, you know, say it was like X this much for labor, you know, it took me this long, like, here's like a rough ballpark of a price kind of thing. So then would you say maybe when you had like contractors come in and give quotes, then you would kind of have a little bit more experience of, all right, you know, like for this, like it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you have when you have someone come in and try to quote you, then you kind of know what's reasonable or like how long yeah. it's going to take. And then you can if you have an idea of how long something's going to take and you can kind of work back their numbers that they're giving you. And, you know, what I've learned, too, is everything is negotiable. I mean, like, you know, you think sometimes like people give you a price. Everyone's like, oh, that's it. That's it. You can go back and, and you know kind of like ask questions and get lower prices or you know once you kind of you start talking the talk with people like whether it's with um doing the work on a property or flooring or bathrooms and things like that like you can go in and start saying okay well so what are you going to do with with this or which material are you going to use and then you start asking different you know you start asking them good questions so that they're like oh no like i'm not going to try and rip this guy off yeah. because you got you know he knows if I if I go in there and start you know putting sheetrock um, in a in a shower to have tile go on top of it, that's going to be a no go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, so we kind of got into it a little bit earlier, but maybe if there's kind of anything else um, that you wouldn't mind sharing. Uh, would you mind kind of telling the story of acquiring your first property and any like lessons that you learned from it? Like any really big ones? Big lessons. Yes. Okay. So the, a, a lot, probably the biggest lesson is always do your due diligence. I mean, so we were, when we were looking at the first property, um, kind of had, had a realtor that went in and, um, 
you know, told us, oh yeah, this is, this will be great. You know, here's your expenses. This is your, um, like, this is what your rent roll looks like. This is your expenses. And I think there's not enough to be, I mean, there's not enough you can say about do your due diligence. You know, you end up, um, you buy something for instance, and then you realize, okay, well, the tenant's weren't actually paying rent there's a reason why this person's selling this property yeah so the the that building in randolph had been up for sale for five years so why has it been up for sale for five years you know what i'm saying like think about think about that so you know you kind of put all of the pieces together usually when people are selling something there's a reason for it. nowadays it's probably because yeah the market's really high but when we're buying, <laughs> it wasn't like any astronomical um yeah like that now so like you'd have to say all right so there's you know is it is it because of the tenants is it because of deferred maintenance like you got to figure out that puzzle piece and try to you know a lot of times people are gonna you have your sales guys they get involved and they they want to make a sale and you got to kind of go in there and um not just blindly trust anybody and i've kind of that was a good lesson i've learned over uh, over the years you can't really you can't blindly trust um, anybody. You got to really, you know, go in there for yourself. And remember, you're your, you're your own best uh, due diligence person. Yeah. You know, don't trust somebody else to do that for you, especially sales guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's huge, man. That's that's a really big one. Oh my god. I mean, even to see, you know, like just properties that come up, like now, even like you know something on the market or something just you know for a little bit of perspective like you know why is this the price that it is you know if it's been up for like how long you know like what kind of like site uh, what kind of market cycle are we in like just kind of figure out what that that puzzle piece is like why is this like this wow that's that's an incredible uh yeah it, thing to figure it, out <laughs> I know it's like a lot of, it seems like it's so basic but like once you get involved with you know, you, you know, real estate's a great, uh, like great wealth building tool. So everyone, it's very easy to hype it up, but when it comes down to it, you know, of course, like, yeah, we're doing, we're doing well with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like would I have wanted (laughs) it to happen any other way? No, probably not because it was a great learning experience. But at the same time, if I was to tell somebody else, I'd be like, Hey, yeah, just make sure like when you go in, like, it was a stopple agreements, like make sure that the tenant sign that they're actually paying this and check the, uh, and then check the bank statements too, if they can provide to make sure that you're actually collecting all of the rent. Cause a lot of times what people do is they'll fill a building up just to fill it up with anybody just to make it look like the building's full. And then, yeah. so there's all kinds of different tricks, but it's like, yeah, just really look into it and make sure that, uh, and what you're buying is, is what you're buying. I mean, the first deal or, um, this wasn't on the first deal, but yeah, over, we bought a rooming house that was actually a bed and breakfast on another one. And so <laughs> it's like, you know, it sounds like so basic, right. But like, once yeah. you get there and it, you know, you're looking at it and you see the, the listing as, Oh, rooming house. And it's, it, they're using it as a rooming house or halfway house. And, but then once it gets down to it, if, if, if you want to change that, like to either pull a permit to use it as something else you're going to have to go through a whole development cycle. It's like, that's, yeah, that was a big, yeah. that was probably another huge lesson. You know, you could talk about all these different, different lessons you learned, <laughs> but it's like, I guess that's what, I guess a lot of people do have to go through it. And there's always different puzzle pieces and 
every single deal and every transaction that you need to figure out. And, and you'll learn from different mistakes. Everybody will. Yeah, that's definitely a, a huge eye opener. You know, it's a, I guess, you know, see something a certain way. And even like, you know, as you're walking through a, a property or, you know, you're analyzing an opportunity or something like it's, I guess, just kind of the things that you might not see right off the bat, you know, like something like that, you know, I assume, you know, it probably took, you know, a little bit of of digging to kind of see like oh you know the city actually recognizes it you know as this but like it's being advertised as this like and just to kind of open up like another can of worms you know like you're gonna have to deal with it, this it is. you're into a development project yeah, yeah. Use, use is huge i mean uh especially when you're you're getting into commercial um you gotta know i mean what what's allowable and what's not in the cities and, and also what direction the cities are trying to go into because I mean, a lot of them, they have an agenda or either they want low income housing or maybe they don't, or they're trying to do one or the other. And, you know, yeah, we, we figured out that the hard way. We figured that out at the zoning board meeting, which is not a good thing <laughs> to figure that out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you have a whole presentation and you've already put money up to have architects plans drawn up and things like that. And, uh, yeah, we were uh, we were a little shocked by that. It was a, it was a big lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I can imagine. Some of those meetings are are really cool too, you know. And even um, oh, I forget what it's called. It's uh, it was like a big packet. I, I haven't actually like read through it before. It, it was like the master something, master plan, maybe something like that. But is that pretty much? I guess like you know, the direction that the city's going more or less, like, you know, like you said, like what kind of, you know, things are important to them, like what their sections are trying to grow on, you know, maybe turn this more like urban or is it just kind of like the direction that they're going? I guess. Yeah. Like what they want. Yeah. What they want to do. I mean, like right now, for instance, Fall River's got a lot of market rate um, apartments coming up and that's kind of like, you know, everyone's always talking about the stigma of the low income housing and they're like, oh, we have enough low income housing or we don't need to build another um, another slum or something like that. And you have all the neighbors, they show up at the meetings as much as, you know, people care about what's going to happen in their neighborhood. People show yeah. up at those zoning board meetings and um, <clears throat> And yeah, so at, in Fall River, for instance, yeah, the market rate stuff is coming along. The, the downtown, um, they get some more apartments coming up downtown. And uh, it, it's really exciting to see the directions of some places and what, what's going on. Yeah. And even to just kind of get that, I guess, like insider information, you know, on like certain areas and stuff and what kind of direction they're taking it. And, you know, just to maybe kind of see some other opportunities that, that other people might not. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, for instance, like fall river in general, yeah, it already has a stigma of like every time, if you talk to people from outside of fall river about fall river, or even like new Bedford, you know, the South coast in general, everyone just thinks, Oh yeah. Like there's going to be, you know, you're going to deal with some bad, like terrible tenants all the time and all the areas, Oh, it's crap. And, you know, D class properties. And, you know, sometimes it, since being here I actually ended up, having to move down here. I was up in Boston for a while. And then um, once we, once we, um, once I think my father decided, he was like, oh, let's go take a look at some cash flow properties. So once we did that, I kind of had to, I ended up moving down here to kind of take care of everything. Cause yeah, you can, I mean, 
there's some high cash flow, but there's also some problems and things that you'd have to take care of. But yeah. now that I'm here and I'm down here, I know the neighborhoods and, you know, it's not all like that. Like there's other, if you want to invest in some of the better neighborhoods, like you can kind of find that sweet spot between really high returns and, you know, more stable appreciation. I mean, let's say total appreciation, but like, you know, kind of that happy medium. But like, yeah. you would never think that unless you actually came down and looked at it and dove into it yourself. And like, that, I think that's a big, you know, stigma that a lot of, um, a lot of people look at when they look at areas like, uh, like Fall River, New Bedford. That's a really good point. Yeah. Even stemming back to, you know, doing your own due diligence, right? I mean, uh-huh. hearing, you know, other perspectives and stuff. Great. But actually going there yourself you know, you're probably going to see things through another lens and be like, oh, that's actually like really cool. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it, it is nice to see like some of the progress that's happened in some of these places. Like, I mean, you look at, um, like, uh, downtown New Bedford, for instance, and, uh, you see all the progress, different restaurants and things that pop up and there's a lot of growth opportunity. I think that was kind of the, um, that was kind of the idea was, um, that, you know, you're cash flowing now, but at some point, like later down the road, you never know. I mean, look at all those really? properties in in Alston, Brighton, and Boston that yeah. they used to be uh, they used to be horrible areas, and now that all the people are sitting on like gold mines because they just <laughs> stuck it out. They went through all of that time, and you know that there is potential that that could happen here you know maybe not could it could be forever um but i mean at the same time like uh you know um you gotta you know you just take a take a shot at it why not right yeah (laughs) why not So we got the commuter rail coming. I'm sure every everyone's anticipating that. And, um, that's what's helping to kind of spike a lot of the values here too. And uh, I'm really, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. I really am. Yeah, that's a really good point about, you know, like some of the, the towns and neighborhoods in Boston too. Like just looking at, you know, like what it, what it was versus, you know, kind of what it is now. And like, you know, hundreds of percents of appreciation you know, and like, you might not have actually expected that, but no, that's just the gravy, right? Yeah, exactly. And then now you're like, oh, I don't know, like 80 years old. And it's like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> this is cool too. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it, you never know with real estate. There's always, you know, it, it can change overnight. Anything can happen. Yeah. That's definitely why I fell in love with it. <laughs> What do you consider to be the biggest variable to expand your portfolio? Definitely like networking more and trying to find a good system of um, generating leads or like trying to get that component to the business added. Because as you know, I mean, from kind of how I started was just dive. We, we dove into anything. My father helped me out with, uh, you know, you have to partner with someone with money. So, um, luckily I had my father, he was, I mean, he was able to do it. He wanted to do it too. And, um, diving into it and it's like, Hey, well, you're smart enough. You can figure it out. Now that's great. You can, uh, <laughs> definitely, you can make a living at it. It was lucky enough that we, there was enough property that I was, that I was handling that it would, was able to support me. 
Yeah. And now looking back at it in order to kind of get the system, systematization or however you say that word, <laughs> <laughs> not exactly a uh, literary genius here, but, uh, <laughs> but um, the idea is that when you find really good deals, then you're able to kind of add in all of the other components and you can kind of take yourself out of those equations. Cause the way I'm looking at it now is if I, if there's a deal where there's a me function where I say, Oh yeah, well I'll just do this. And that way it'll make the deal work. That's not a deal because at some point you're going to cap yourself out. And I know there's some people that, you know, you could own one rooming house a year and you could, you know, pay the mortgage down and sit in and do everything like from snake and toilets to, you know, doing all your own extermination. You can, you can make a living at it, but you're never going to get to that next level of like the huge, like mega wealth. So you got to start it from the beginning, which is right from the start of deal creation or find a, find a way to get better deals. So that's kind of been my thing lately is even if you find a way of, um, coming up with, you know, even like a new segment of the business to be able to find, find leads, whether it's, you know, direct mail or cold calling or, but ultimately it's, it's for your own portfolio. Whenever that day comes, that's, you want to get, you want to get that all set up because that's, you make the money when you buy, as everyone says, cliche as it is, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. One thing that I'm kind of sort of looking into right now, like just out of curiosity is how like the partnering works. Like if one person like brings the deal and like goes through it, then like how apt would like other people be to potentially bring the capital or split the capital or what? And well, I guess what's kind of like your experience been with, with partnering? Pardon me. Oh, like with, um, for other deals, like doing, um, like off market stuff or um, yeah. Lately, I guess like just working with other people. <laughs> working with other people. So like lately I've been, uh, you know, I'll end up, because I'm fairly new to this. This was actually just started, you know, within this past year, um, really getting into the nitty gritty of it. But lately, it's just been, um, you know, I end up finding deals for people that, I, that I've networked with and kind of just kind of spoon feed them deals to kind of get, get this off the ground. Yeah. So it's almost like, I guess you would say, call it like bird dogging or you, you would end up... Um, you know, you find something and then you know it's going to work for this person. You just have, you get that network bigger. Like you, you have, have lunch with a bunch of different people or, you know, talking to different guys that you like yourself, for instance, like if somebody called me from, uh, from Lowell <laughs> with, with a property, I'd say, Hey, why don't you talk to this guy? And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not trying to, the idea is I'm not trying to maximize the amount of money that I'm making. I'd rather just take base hits just to get into the flow of how this works. Just like what like we were saying before, get the system going, yeah, then figure yeah, yeah, the yeah. money out later. Just get into the groove of it, learn how it works from start to finish, and then figure out how to maximize the profit later. So, you know, this is a good way. Um, it's a good way to also network because it's able, you know, when I was kind of working for, just doing the stuff um, for the property portfolio, there wasn't really any value that I could bring to anybody else because mm -hmm. I'm kind of just, I'm maxed out at my responsibility has to be for 
the family portfolio or like, you know, because everything falls back on my shoulders and it's like, if I give up, then that's it. You know, it's that it's, it's all gone. So pretty much the, um, the lead generation stuff, it allows me to kind of bring value to other guys in the area. Or like when I know somebody say, Hey, yeah, well, you know, if, if we can't, if we're not taking deals down right now, we're, we're just fixing up uh, doing capital expenditures, kind of just focusing in and really maximizing the profits on our own stuff. They could say, Hey, if we, something comes up, this might work for you or you end up, um, or, you know, at some point I'm sure I end up putting stuff um, under contract myself and either we'll, we'll end up start growing this again at some point, just um, for right now, it's just, I want to see if I could take this, a different direction into um, a new segment of what we're the grand scheme of what we were saying talking about earlier yeah i like that a lot you know even like just for the purpose of like just building their relationships now you know and like just like giving people deals and like you know they know that you know like you're doing this and like you'll think of them and like they'll think of you and just kind of building their relationships now like as you come across stuff like to always you know like just be be getting something out of it. You know what I mean? Like for, for finding the deals, whether it's, you know, an acquisition for yourself, for your portfolio, or, you know, potentially one for somebody else's make yep. them happy as a clam with you. Exactly. And then, you know, it's like, wins. It's like, Hey, exactly. people, like people together. It's a team. Yeah. Like everyone says, it's a team. Real estate's a team sport, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, even if it's, even if you're not making a million dollars off of it, or you're not making the hundred thousand dollar flip on it. I mean, that that's fine. At least you, like you said, helping out the network, um, you know, helping sellers out too. I mean, there's, there's people out there that they truly do need to sell a property. Um, yeah. or there's, you know, like you say, entire landlords are they're looking to sell to other younger guys who have, um, they got that will and the drive and determination to be able to get in there, deal with the tenants and get it back going again. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> what is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career? We probably t- we touched on this. Um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I think it <laughs> I think it was do your due diligence. Yeah. Like, not, not trusting, not just blindly trusting uh, everything you hear. Like, you know, you listen to a bunch of podcasts, you listen to, or you read different books and you get different perspectives on, um, on, on wealth or on um, real estate, for instance. And you don't have to necessarily take everything that they say and be like, that's the end all be all. I think, oh, well, this guy did it this way. So it has to be done like this, or you can only do burr to make a million dollars. Like, you know, there's different ways of doing stuff. And it really all comes down to your personal preference and what you're looking to do for your vision. Yeah. And yeah, so doing your due diligence to see if this is something that's going to line up with what, what you want to do and, uh, and not blindly trusting uh, when someone, you know, run your own numbers, <laughs> check the use on properties, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that a lot too, you know, just to, to see, you know, like other people's perspectives and stuff. And then to, like you said, you know, figure out what works for you and be able to just kind of pick, you know, like the different, different aspects of a lot of different perspectives and, and just kind of like, you know, build yourself up with, with the right pieces, you know, that, that kind of fit the vision and stuff. 
yeah. you know, like you said, like, you know, there's not going to be like one way to do something, you know, <laughs> there's probably a million ways to do something, but like whether you want to do flips, like I think setting your expectations and even with like your, the people you partner with, it's, you know, you look at cash flow is it's a small payment that always comes in. You know, it's like on Monday morning at 10 a.m. on the first of the month. And let's say you're you you got up at 10 that day. Well, the check still showed up, right? It's like, but it's a smaller check. Or you can turn around and you could flip properties and you're up there, you're hustling it out, you're, you know, getting the crew going and yeah, you're making a lot bigger, bigger checks. It depends on what's your preference. And if you if your expectations aren't you know, you got to set the right expectations for what you want to do and then structure it to get to that level of, of yeah. how to, you know, how to do it. Um, like you said, there's not, there's not one way to do it. Just do what you want to do. That's going to fit for what, um, for what your vision is. Yeah. That's what I love about real estate, man. It is like how creative everything is, you know, like, and then once in a while, like there'll be a strategy that somebody came up with and you're like, whoa, you can do that. <laughs> like if I do this, like a little bit different, like I can get like a whole different result and like just the, the total creativity of it all. Like yeah. it's, it's mind blowing. Oh, you hear um, that was, you know, when we first started and I was in it, you know, I listened to a bunch of other guys that have been uh, investing for, you know, they invested in, they had a couple of three families or something. And they say, Oh, yeah. don't do this. Get into commercial. You don't want to deal with late night phone calls with clogged toilets. And then you get into commercial, then you get there. And then <laughs> not as much of a tenant demand because commercial property uh, nowadays is a prime example, but like, you know, commercial property in the suburbs, that demand's not always there. You know, it's like, there's always a, there's always a, uh, a challenge that you have yeah. to face with whatever direction you take it, there's going to be a challenge. And that's what, that's why people are in business. That's why all of us in real estate have a business because we're willing to do something that somebody else isn't or hasn't figured out how to do yet. Yeah. I like that a lot. Wait, so there isn't a really easy way to make millions of dollars with real estate? Oh, no. <laughs> no, trust me. It's one. <laughs> it's a simple process. It's simple. It, and anybody can do it. But you have to like, you have to figure out these are the challenges of each of each direction you go There's You're going to face challenges and you have to find a way to really get comfortable in your niche. Yeah. And I mean, we and ended up branching out into the rooming house uh, field of doing um, rent by the room. You know, you mm -hmm. end up in a, a room with a mini fridge and a microwave and, uh, and maybe a hot plate if you want to bring that. And, uh, you, we provide a bed, um, you know, what the challenges are is it's high turnover. So you got to know how to like bulletproof the units and, and be able to gear them for short-term rentals. And then also, um, you know, like you'd have to, you have to factor all that in and you're paying the utilities. So you got to find ways of either insulating and um, uh, finding more efficient ways of, you know, heating the building or providing electric, because if you're, paying for all of it, then you're going to have to micromanage and then use using like in-house managers as well to be able to leverage people in, like in the property to be able to like tell you what's going on so that you can make the right calls and right decisions on, um, on what to go or what to do next. 
So, you know, but like I said, it's that to somebody else that might sound like hell, but to, to us, they're like, well, Hey, I mean, you know, we'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. You know, like I said, you can, you can make a decent amount of, you can make more if you're doing it yourself because there's more ways where you can take over some of the day-to-day tasks and you get more out of it. So that's kind of why we ended up going in that direction. But like, yeah, to somebody else, that that might sound like crap. They'd rather have a nice piece of property in a major city like Boston and break even or throw 100 or 200 bucks into it a month. Yeah. And somehow over five years, the uh, the appreciation value is like trumped that like tenfold. So who cares about that 200 bucks a month? That's like, a <laughs> thing now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Ooh. How do you define wealth? <sighs> wealth, is, wealth is definitely not that high salary to me i define wealth that you know you decided to get up at i don't know 11 o'clock on a tuesday and that's totally fine and you get up and you're like well here's my schedule i I can do xyz that's in the business and uh you know move a few things make a few decisions and um and the rest of it's all working in order you might not be you might not be making a killing because you know you you pretty much get out what you put in at that point because you can it's it's a choice you're yeah. making the choice for yourself how much do i actively want to be in this or how much do would i rather just autopilot it and then just make a little bit less but it's it's the decision that yeah. you're able to make and you don't have somebody like breathing down your neck like oh you need to be here at this time and you're going to do just this task xyz all day and it's never going to change and yep. as long as you're working here and you know your your other coworkers will be making up stories about you because they don't like the fact that you did it better than them or, you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's that's to me is 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 wealth is just having that option to be able to you know, create your own schedule. Yeah, I love that, man. And especially to, you know, just be able to, like you said, like, just kind of dictate, you know, what you want to do and and what makes you happy and stuff, instead of, you know, being tied down by, you know, the the things that you have to be obligated to, um, you know, to pay the bills and, you know, whatever. And yeah, 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 like, you know, you kind of wealth is like, you're accumulating assets and um, they're kind of just paying you dividends. And it's like, once you kind of figure out what your expenses are and you have that number where, yeah, you're like, I'm okay with, with this, like, this is fine. I could live the rest of my life and and I'll be okay. You got that number, you know, how much it costs factor in inflation, of course. Well, who knows what's going to happen now with inflation, but uh, (laughs) once you have that factor, it's like, okay, well, I have a target now. How much, like how much assets or how many assets do I need that will shed off X amount of money being conservative to be able to cover these expenses that, mm-hmm. that will serve my lifestyle. So, you know, that, that to me is, is how wealth is defined. Yeah. I feel like it's really important to kind of have that, that metric and to have that number, you know, to be like, you know, kind of tracking your spending and stuff like that and your monthly expenses and, 
just kind of see, I guess, where you're at, you know, and, and kind of like a, a score on a scorecard, you know? So then like, like you just said, you know, how much, you know, what kind of assets and like, what's the quantity of them do I need to have them pay, you know, X much this month? You know, well, and still, like you said, be conservative. That's financial freedom. Yeah, like that's yeah. pretty much that's financial freedom. Exactly. That's where where I'm at. I'd rather, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'd rather take that than, than the really high salary with, you know, you have to keep feeding that beast. Like yeah. every month, once you rack up a certain amount of payments, whether it's mortgages, whether it's credit card debt, you have to keep feeding that beast. So like, that's a big factor of like, you know, why some people won't do this is because they don't want to, um, they don't want to give up that, that lifestyle. And you know, that once you, once you start accumulating a mortgage, like for you buy a large house, like the, the bank tells you, okay, you can, you can afford a house that's like $350,000. Now, does that mean you should go out and buy a house that's worth $350,000? Probably not. If you want to, if you have any shot of like trying to break that cycle, yeah, you probably don't want to max your max it out because then that way, then you have to keep having that same job because you can't stop that. Yeah. Because once you stop, then you lose all of the, all of the stuff that you, you have to keep working to, to afford. Yep. So like kind of the, the idea of like wealth and financial freedom is that let's say you, you got up that 11 o'clock on that Tuesday. Right. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, I was kind of, I was doing some of, um, you know, I was working in the business and I was kind of just making enough or shedding off enough where I was happy with it. It's like, Hey, you know what? I don't want to do that today. So I'm going to, I got up at 11 o'clock that Tuesday, maybe it's like 75 years old or whatever. And I say, Hey, yeah. I could just sub somebody in to take over what I was doing day to day, fill yep. in for me, take a little bit less money because, you know, it'll generate a little bit, and take a little bit of a cut or probably a big cut because, because, you know, that was a day-to-day -day task you were doing, but it gave you the option to say, Hey, maybe I want to start a different business today. How many people would like love to just, you know, get up and say, Hey, I want to start a different business because all of us that are in this, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but most people that are, you know, workaholics and into business like this and entrepreneurship, we probably will never, you know, stop. We get bored. Yeah. You know, you play <laughs> golf. I don't actually play golf at all, but if you can only play, I guess. So I guess I can't say that because I don't play golf. I play, I play a little bit and I was like, this isn't for me. It's too, uh, I need don't to blame you. <laughs> I'd rather be working to be honest. Yeah. I don't blame you at all, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. You can only, you know, you can only like retire for so long. You know, we all have this itch where it's like, we can do more. Like, what else can I do? But you might, you might hit that point with, even with what you're doing and you, you should be able, with wealth, you should be able to take yourself out of it and then try and start something else just because it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Just because it's fun. You know, why not? Another yeah. thing to learn, you know, to always constantly be, keep learning and yeah, it's it's definitely a, a mindset. <laughs> it is. Hey, we're, we're there's not a lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of people like all of us that are you know listening to the podcast like this, or maybe a lot of people do. But how many people you know are going to take action and want to kind of keep going down that path? 
you know, it's, it's, yeah, just get out there and take action and try to chase this. <laughs> yeah. That's the big thing, man, is like, I feel like there's so much information out there and, you know, kind of today's day and age, like, you know, whether it's over social media or, you know, just over the internet in general or from books, podcasts, like, I feel like there's a, an absolutely absurd amount of information, like that's very, very easy to access out there. But it's just a matter of like, uh, like, how far do you want to take it, I guess, like how much action you know, like, would you want to, would you want to take, you know, to, to do something a little bit different? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, for some people, it's a huge disruption out of, um, out of your lifestyle or out of your yeah. day or even, you know, um, it's like, it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people a lot of the time, because, you know, it, it really does. It starts with the mindset where, you got to keep yourself into like a positive feedback loop. Like that's why, you know, you have your, your inner core, whether it's your family or your, you know, your significant other or your spouse and make sure that, you know, they're supporting that they, they understand kind of what you're going through because it, it's, it's not easy and it's always a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah stuff comes up and like, you know, it's just the difference between, you know, when you're working a, you're working a regular job, there's less, I mean, sure, there's, you have your manager positions where you have responsibility, but you know, when you're running, when you're running a business and paying people, et cetera, et cetera, you have a huge amount of responsibility that like, if you just stop, like, like there's other people that wouldn't have jobs because of yeah. it, you know, or like, wouldn't, yeah, it would, it, it would suck to, you know, have to lose everything. And, you know, you, you have people that depend on you. Yeah. Until you systematize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, systematize it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough, you know. But at the same time, it's like I would never want to do anything else, like you know, out of any other profession or anything like that. You know, maybe someday try and start different businesses down the line. But man, it, it, I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. I, I feel like real estate's just different. Like it's like the asset class and like the, the control, like over it, like over returns and like just the ability to just do so much, like do so many different things. And then, you know, like build a business around it and you can build like a bunch of different businesses around like a bunch of different things, exactly. you know, and then like have them all work together. And like, I feel like there's just it's just something else that, that I, <laughs> I don't even like really have words for it. You know, it's, it's just different. I totally, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I, you know, like, like we were talking about before, not a lot of people will actually get out there and make, you know, take that leap and um, actually, you know, it, it's been, it's been quite a, a path and I hope to keep, uh, keep it moving forward and uh, getting into new, new endeavors yeah. Uh, different projects and uh keep that uh keep that system going to achieve that um the well-oiled machine that i was talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, next question mike uh what are the most effective resources that have helped you the most so far on your journey i know we've gotten into quite a few of them most effective but... resources yeah oh uh, definitely uh Oh my God. I don't think I would have been able to do it if it wasn't for YouTube and Google. 
I'm not even joking. Like when I said, because when I first started, like I didn't really know anything. And it was like YouTube, I just YouTubed everything. And yeah. some people would tell me, oh yeah, you can't figure everything out. No, you're right. You can't, you can't master something off YouTube, but you can know enough that you can figure it out on the fly, whether it's how to manage my tenants, like yeah. YouTube, you know, type it in or uh, what to do when this happens. They're like bigger pockets for us to see yeah. like in the website. They started, you know, when I've discovered that and just saw the forums and it was like, hey, you can have like a hundred people comment on some problem that you had, some weird thing that you get an input from a million different people. And they're, they're all out there too. Like, you know, we're talking about, there's not a ton of people that are into this, but they're all there. Yeah. And I mean, if you need, if you need a question answered, it's like, Hey, that's uh, they'll answer it. And there was that. And uh, also books too. Yeah. I think mindset books, I uh, definitely did a lot of reading on um, it, that helped as well. Um, but yeah, probably the big factor is YouTube and uh <laughs> And having some supportive people around me. Yeah, that's it at the end of the day, man. You know, like just just to like be able to have those resources, like bigger pockets. It's such a game changer, like yep. a, a ridiculous game changer. You know, like just the access you have, and you know, like you mentioned, to to ask really a question about anything. Or yeah, there's always different problems. Like yeah, not every single deal that you structure, or even every single tenant you get will have a different random request or something that you're like, wait, I don't know if this is right. Or, you know, maybe, maybe it happened. Maybe they're trying to scheme something for instance, or yeah. like trying to get a, a break on their rent. And you type in what's going on. And next thing you know, there's a, a landlord from some other part of the country that's like, <laughs> you know what? I know exactly what's going on here. And yeah. I went through this like just the other day with a tenant that I had. It, 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 it is it, having that network. I guess, I guess you could say it's the network and, and other people, even um, in your local area too, with, um, when it comes to different, you know, either building departments or um, yeah. different directions of the city, you know, you talk to some locals say, so what, what's going on here? Why is this all oh, that? That's because, uh, a couple of different events happened and now they're all worried about this and you need to make sure that like, for instance, your buildings all have, you know, or like sprinkler systems, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. Like having a, having a good network to be able to answer some of your questions uh, when, when you need help is great. Yeah. It really is the network too. That that's everything. Like even like just kind of shooting the breeze, you know, like the relationships that you build are ridiculous. You know, like <laughs> just the possibilities are are really endless, you know, just to be able to like fire off questions at each other. And like, I, I definitely want to stress too, like even like one sentence from, you know, like just the person that like you decided to talk to um, or like message or something over like social media, like literally can change everything. Yep. Like it, it's, it's happened, you know, several times, uh, you know, to me that I can kind of remember, like, you know, just throwing a question by somebody or even, you know, throwing something on bigger pockets yep. and hearing like, you know, like five different opinions all of a sudden, you know, from, from, like you said, you know, from different people that this has actually happened to, you know, yep. who are a lot more well-versed and a lot more experienced. And it's out of like, usually a pretty genuine place. You know, and like just yeah, doing something every, like that. He just wants to chime in and like help and help yeah. out, help another investor out. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, 
it is great to see how um, people are so willing to just get up there and say, Hey, yeah, like uh, this happened to me, uh, this problem happened to me and here's how to solve it. And there are some, definitely some different opinions you'll get on there too. Like you'll, you'll hear yeah. <laughs> people debating each other. Cause like we we're saying, there's not, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but like, yeah. you know, it's just to be able to have the other opinions to help you make a better, um, a better decision on either what direction you want to go with a certain issue or even for your company as a whole yeah it, it really is like it's it's huge or even how i ended up uh finding you on uh or on instagram or vice versa <laughs> like, I, mean, I think instagram I changed think so. every instagram changed everything um for me when i started the uh made the, the real estate account and yep. um, just finding so many other people in the area that are doing the same thing that was huge and just like yeah. it really felt like a sense of community and i met a lot of people through instagram and i i actually yeah that i guess i could add that to the last question with youtube and that <laughs> YouTube, google and bigger pockets and instagram social media yeah which comes back to the network yeah it's it's just unbelievable man you know like <laughs> You meet so many people and like, they're, they're so close. Like one thing that was really like, I, I guess a mind blower for me was, I mean, like if you type in like, you know, like investors around Boston or something or investors in Massachusetts, like the amount of people who are literally like sprinkled around you, like a couple minutes from you, it like, it knocks your socks off. You're like, yeah. this guy's doing like some really crazy stuff. And he's like 10 minutes away from my house. <laughs> like it's exactly it really is just a sense of community you know like to see people that are like so close and like just getting people together and yeah. it's something else <laughs> it really is I know now nowadays with all the uh the COVID stuff going on a lot of the a lot of the meetups weren't happening and it's been a lot more difficult but you know, like, like you said, though, there's still social media, there's still people, you know, talking through the Facebook groups and, um, and other outlets as well. And yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be anywhere near, near where I am now, as far as, you know, the knowledge and just the confidence you get when you have such a great network behind you. Yeah, it really is something different. You know, and uh, not even to mention like the opportunities and stuff that, that you that can come about from stuff like that and the doors can open uh, totally you know, yeah like even like you could be building relationships with people that you're going to be like lifelong friends with and you're going to like you know boost each other up to to keep keep fighting through the baloney you know what i mean like it's like and it's all love too i mean like i said it it's less less competition and more uh more building it's it's awesome to see like people other people's journeys like i really yes. do i really love seeing other people's success like it, it, yeah. it's, it makes it makes you feel good to see you know or like especially the people you're close with or that you talk to a lot like i mean i yeah I celebrate the, the victories with each other exactly it's <laughs> i feel like it, it really is you know just kind of like no other you know like i, I haven't really found i guess another I don't know, like profession or I don't even know what to call it really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like just another activity maybe like where people are, are this supportive, like most of the time, like you said, you know, earlier in the podcast, like it's, it really is a team sport, Yeah, you know, and like just, just constantly helping each other and 
like we're you know we're all eating out of the same pie oh wait we're not all eating out of the same pie there we go <laughs> but yeah <laughs> you know, i mean you could say well you could say as far as um you know like we're talking about passing deals or even yourself you've uh, you've encountered some very helpful people you know yeah. it doesn't work for one person it works for another or even like yeah. uh, jv in with people it's you're better off having us everyone eating a small piece out of a pie than getting no pie you know what i mean yeah it's like yep. it's kind of the way to look at it yeah i totally agree yeah. <laughs> What is something that you thought about business networking or wealth creation that changed as you went along? Wealth creation that changed as I went along. Probably just understanding like the different fundamentals of real estate and kind of getting, you kind of figured out what I was looking for, like the vision wise is to, you know, when I first got into it, you're thinking, oh yeah, you're like generating all like all kinds of revenue off like rental income. And then kind of like as you go, you figure out, okay, well, these are the expenses. You know, you realize, well, if you're really trying to amass a huge, you know, amount of income, you would probably want to, you'd want to get into more like flipping properties. And if you're looking more for that generational um passive income or i guess nothing's ever really passive though. yeah <laughs> Come on, you gotta you still gotta you still gotta get up and make moves for stuff but i mean yeah like you kind of just understanding the different ways that you can do this and like what kind of to gear it towards what you're trying to do and really understand yourself and i and i i think it helped me to get really um specific about what i was looking to get out of this and then how to redirect into how to get there yeah yeah like what's gonna make the most sense so yeah i guess that that's probably something that i, I learned along the way I'll, I'll also all of those um all of the screw-ups and mess-ups uh <laughs> all the things that went wrong i guess you could say that too there was it was a lot of uh different life lessons um yeah, obviously the uh, the rooming house development that was never supposed to be a development. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, to, to stem kind of right off that, you know, just to, I feel like it's huge to kind of have, you know, the self-awareness to see, you know, where do you actually want to go with the things that you're doing? Like, how are you going to use the tools that you're getting to get you where you want to be? You know, because I feel like, like, sometimes it can be kind of tough to, you know, just kind of sit down and be like, all right, like, what do I like, actually want to do with this? And like, just boil it the hell down. And like, all right, so actually thinking about it that way, you know, if I go in this direction, it might actually help me a little bit more than what I was thinking before. And like, just to kind of always be like evaluating, you know, and like making sure that you're staying, you know, some kind of path that's, that's going to put you towards um you know your main like, yeah of impacts. course yeah I think what happened was I mean it was great I think we got we got to a point where everything was going great like I mean I, I'm able to sustain you know I got a day-to-day -day, um I got all these day-to-day -day tasks it's like oh yeah I guess I'll find I'll take a segment of the business and say okay I'm gonna work in this aspect of the business today and I'll save a, this amount of money that so then the when the rent comes in I'll be able to collect this amount to pay my own bills you know what i'm saying yeah. and then like 
but you hit a point where you, you max that out. You only have so much time and or so much responsibility that you can take on without being able to, without being able to, um, you know, you're, you're, you'll start to let stuff slip through the cracks. And then I won't be getting that eight hours of sleep every night. <laughs> be like, you won't be able to get to all of the problems. So that's kind of why, um, with, as far as the, like the vision, why it's try to for going forward, it's going to be making sure that you get the right deal and being able to put the right people in place to kind of, you know, you can always stay working in the business on the, on the, the original core. It, yeah. You know, if it, if it does what it does, it, uh, pays the bills and then just to be able to grow it. But yeah, you, you, I learned a lot over the last, last, um, going on, it's over seven years now. It started in like 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. (laughs) Um, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? They want to manage the rental portfolio. Okay. Communication is everything. I, I really, I think that um, if you've made that decision, you want to start out and you want to self-manage. So let's just start with that. Communication is key. There's lots of times like you'll inherit a property or um, in the tenants that you get, they had a bad experience with the previous landlord. A lot of it came down to communication or they just had an idea of like, they don't really if you don't have any communication, they're just going to paint a picture of you the way that they want to perceive it. But if you come in there and you commute overly communicate, or you're just, you're responsive and you know, you listen to people's gripes. And I mean, there's a lot of time that is involved with it. There is, and it does, it gets, it can bog you down, especially when you're, we're talking about you, when you're starting to scale up, stuff starts to slip through and you start, you can, you only have so much time when you're first starting out to really get a solid core to like do what you need it to do. Like if you have a few rentals, um, you know, a smaller portfolio, you, you should have, you should be able to have the time to be able to, um talk to the like when somebody texts you or there's an like an issue of something uh or they need to know about how to get their mail delivered for instance like you you know take the time write out a well thought text and say hey like you know or if you screwed something up um you know own up to it and uh explain how what you're going to do and the steps you're going to take to remedy the problem so it doesn't happen again and um I would say too, um, if that doesn't sound like you have like you have enough time to do that, definitely look into getting property management right from the start. If it's something where that's not what you want to be doing, and sometimes you know different personalities, it's like, hey, I, I don't really want to do too much communication with the, with the tenants, and that that's probably a good direction to go in. But I, I would just I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. And even if people are getting pissed, like yeah. let's say they had a, like the water heater went out. And, uh, you know, it's tough to get a, you know, to get a plumber out on a dime. I've actually, I've changed water heaters myself. I mean, but like that's when you're first starting out. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say you don't know how to do that or you don't want to. It's like, it's tough to get someone to come out on a dime. It's, but if you're there and just listening to like the screaming person on the other end of the phone, even if you're just like, hey, like put yourself in their shoes. How would you want to be treated if you were them? Like, let's say you don't own a building and you rented from somebody. What would you expect 
for just the basic necessities of expectations from your landlord and yeah. just say that's how you should act towards them is how you would want to be treated it's like it's basics it's like, like you said anyone can do it it's basic common sense it's like the golden <laughs> rule right <laughs> wow yeah that's super interesting though you know because i mean like i i feel like that's like like do you think that they can kind of like your tenants and stuff can kind of sense um trying to figure out what i'm trying to say here <laughs> or yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> are you saying like they can kind of sense where your head like where your head's at like if you're gonna be like yeah pretty much yeah yeah i mean it comes off like even your tone of voice or how you talk to them and like you know if you act like you're better than people because just because you're the owner of the building you're gonna have a rough time because yeah. just because you own the building doesn't mean that people are going to you know bow down at your uh you know what i mean at your, your beck and call oh, yeah <laughs> thank you for letting me live here like sorry i mean even if you think that way i mean sure i i i love real estate i think you know people that buy properties and own their own stuff are like it's great you know what i mean like but at the same time not all of the world thinks like that you gotta yeah. remember put yourself in other people's shoes and as soon as like you start with that mentality a lot of the other problems kind of sort themselves out because they know you're not this either you're not the person they envisioned or wanted you to be so that they could act irrational with you and like get away with it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so would you say like empathy more or less is is something like really huge huge it's everything it, it really is like when it comes to like tenant management and um, even yeah you're gonna have you're gonna have your just people that are gonna act irrationally you're gonna have to evict people and but i mean a lot of it they know people know when they're doing something they're not they're, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing or breaking the rules and just being a real huge pain but yeah. like for the most part if you're being really genuine following the rules like not uh not break you know having a good code of ethics they see that and they're even they're going to be like yeah i know i'm just really like a, i'm being crappy and, and you're not baiting into all of the those um yeah not baiting into them to like get a reaction that they want so yeah. if you're just playing it cool doing everything by the book um yeah you should vote out pretty well wow <laughs> I, it, that sounds like just incredibly effective you know depending on you know kind of how you carry like yourself and and how everything's structured and everything and it sounds like it can really either, you know, make your life a lot easier or maybe kind of in the other direction as well, <laughs> depending on, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. How you carry yourself really, really will. Um, it'll set a, it'll set a tone. It will. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> what is a common myth about building a portfolio that you would like to debunk? Oof that you're that you'll get rich quick yeah like, <laughs> i'm sure that's like that's like the basic 
the basic myth is, yeah, like you see that people are like luxury cars all over the place. Oh yeah, just invest in real estate. You'll be here like in no time. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's a long play and it's about the wealth as we were defining earlier. Um, sure, yeah, I guess you could you could flip properties, but that's not building a that's not building a rental portfolio. Building a rental portfolio is, you know, you're going for that financial freedom. Yeah, and maybe eventually when the mortgages pay down you'll end up with, um, you can end up with some serious cash flow where it's actually a lot of it's going into your pocket unless you're refinancing and just trying to build it even larger. Cause there's, there's a different goal. Like we were saying, if yeah. that's what you're going for, then yeah, you might as well just keep refinancing and, uh, you know, keeping the cash flow low and just keep amassing a critical mass. Yeah. Whatever fits the vision, right? Exactly. It's the vision. <laughs> what do you want to, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> ask yourself. Yeah. And a last but not least question, Mike, do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Oh, geez. I, I'm sure everybody gets this is rich dad, poor dad. I would like, yeah. To, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I would love to just, you know, buy a ton of those and just hand them out. Just people. give them out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you. You know, it's like a must. That book really was what kind of, I read that and I was like, wow i align with these i just align with this thinking and i was like this was even before i had read it and i was like this makes sense now like this is kind of like the why yeah it's all in this book it was like the manual <laughs> it, it really is yeah just, i read that book at, at least once a year and i'm planning on doing it for the rest of my life you know just to just to kind of catch up like that book was like nine dollars for like a, literally a priceless amount of information i'm like oh my god like, <laughs> like, i mean like even from the beginning of that you know or you say it oh you're gonna come in and ask ask for a raise or what keep asking for a raise or I, I forget exactly the the small story in there and he's like no until you're like it doesn't matter the raise like it, it has nothing to do with you know when you're when you're chasing that dollar it's like oh no i deserve more all this it's like that doesn't matter <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter you want you want to care about the uh the system exactly it's about building the system and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that, that i totally agree with you man i'd love to like even give that book to like high school kids, you know, like a graduating class, maybe yeah. some, right? give it to a whole graduating class. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's an idea. <laughs> yeah. Maybe try to, if anybody uh, knows of like, you know, even don't having someone, you know, donate it, sponsor it, of giving all of the people uh, a copy of rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. That would be cool. Yep. I'm going to write that down on, on a whiteboard somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to write that upstairs. That would be a really cool idea. You know, like imagine the impact too. like, even like, like just one person that's like, Oh wait, like I, I don't have to do things the way that society tells me to necessarily. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. You don't have to just punch a clock every, uh, every day and then retire yeah. at like 65, 70 and, on whatever 401k you had if it was a matching plan you're you might be good <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> who knows like you know 20 30 40 years from now you know like yeah <laughs> but yeah it's but yeah much. thank Definitely you <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here, Mike. I, I could literally keep talking to you for hours, man. I know. I could say go for hours on real estate. But yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. The pleasure is all mine, man. Is there uh, anywhere on like social media that, that you can be found at all? I'd love to uh, just add the Instagram uh, handle property by MCB. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. I'll, anybody can DM me if you have any questions or want to reach out. I always like talking uh, real estate as we yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely drop that below, guys. Go follow Mike, send him a message. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.